We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Ramstock Radio. I'm Super Barrow. Guys, I am still between mics, so apologize for the audio quality here. Uh, I should have one next week. So, another little week echoing. But hey, I'm here with Johnny Gomez, as always. Johnny, the only thing worse than my microphone situation right now is probably the, the, the game we had to witness on Sunday night. Yeah, when when you see... When you're confident about the Rams going into the game only to get, you know, a team that we're kind of familiar with, it's frustrating. But we'll get into the meat and potatoes about that one in just a second. Yep. In case you missed it, the Rams lost 24-16 to the San Francisco 49ers, a division rival coming off a blowout loss to the Miami Dolphins. It was a game where basically it looked like it should be an easy win for the Rams. It looked like we were clearly the better team. And when that happens, that, <laughs> as always, we lost the game. Uh, in, in this division, no matter who the favorite is, that shit kind of feels like it always happens. But, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I got my notes here. My My first note on the game is, like, what the fuck was that? Like, did that really happen? Like, I feel like a 24-16 score, and, be, and because I guess it was a game that, you know, we had a chance to win the entire time, but it felt like it was not a one-score game. Like, it felt like the 49ers won this game pretty pretty convincingly, even though, like, up until the end of the game, we had a shot to win. But to me, as, as soon as Cooper Cup dropped that ball in... Uh, was that the late fourth quarter? I'm trying to look at the late third quarter, I mean. 
as soon as that happened and we didn't score on that on that fourth down, I kind of just had a feeling this game was over. Yeah, it it, it was odd because you've seen quite a few players that you don't normally see struggle just looked absolutely like they forgot how to play football. Like the Cooper Cup drop just one of those instances. And there was even quite a few other passes that Cooper Cup should have caught that he just didn't. And there was obviously some miscommunication between Goff and a couple of the other receivers. So um, it, it was just disappointing to see. There was just so many aspects of this game that a lot of these guys would like to forget. Yeah, it it was absolutely, uh, I mean, easily the worst game we've seen the Rams play this year. And one one of the most frustrating, I'd say, in a while. Because, you know, we we had frustrating games last year, but the expectations weren't as high in most of those games. You know, we you get blown out by the Ravens. Yeah, it sucks to watch, but... Like, what did you really expect? You know, this is a game where we were heading in one direction and the 49ers were heading in the opposite direction. And now it kind of feels like we've flip-flopped. You know, we'll, we'll see how these next two games go before the bye week. But, you know, after that that win against Washington, we, I feel like we're on cloud nine. And, you know, right now, you you look at the Rams and it's, you know, hey, they're four and like if the glass is half full, you go, hey, they're four and two. Uh, it was a pretty convincing four wins. They lost to a division rival, and Buffalo is a good team. But if you want to go glass half empty, man, I mean, you go. We have four wins against four of the worst teams in football right now uh, in the worst division in the NFL. Uh, we have two losses to two teams that have struggled recently. You know, since. The, the the Bills have lost their last two games. They haven't. They played good teams. It might be schedule losses, but haven't looked phenomenal in those outings. So it, it, it's tough to break down. But yeah, I mean, just a lot of uncharacteristic stuff. You, you talk about the drop from Cooper Cup, uh, and just probably the the worst game we've seen from him in a game where he actually got the ball. You know, we've seen games where he just doesn't get looks, but this is a game where he got a lot of looks and he failed to capitalize on most of them. Uh, what, did, what do you have? Two two catches for. Uh, he, he had three receptions for eleven yards. So I mean, on nine targets like that, those are not good numbers. Uh, it was just, I, I feel like pretty much anyone, everyone on the offense, with the exception of Daryl Henderson, who, who played well, but it was just not great. Uh, Goff, is that the worst game he's played? But it was certainly not the best. Um, 19 for 38, 198 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The interception was, you know, it was a shot. It was fourth down. It's not his worst worst interception, but just everyone seemed off, man. And that is, it's not the game you want, especially against a division rival where, you know, we're now own one in the division. It's going to be a tight division. It's going to affect a record, you know, we're now behind the Cardinals because they're, I think, 1-0 and in the division and we're 0-1. So, it's, it, man, it was just really frustrating. It was just absolutely not fun to watch. Malcolm Brown was terrible. Uh, I do not understand why he still plays. Uh, even Robert, Robert Woods didn't even ha- have much going for him. Uh, it, it was just, man, it, it was not fun to watch. It, it was not a good three hours of my life. Even uh, Andrew Whitworth had two false starts which is not something you see of him he also yeah man. um and not at all in, in the off- in the offensive line's defense though uh they still looked relatively good it's just the offense i i don't know they just forgot how to play they like they were asleep and you know tried to wake up and at times it, it looked like they snap out of their funk and then only the following drive they continue to look like crap so it was not an impressive outing offensively at all. Um, and, and it's a shame because it, it's this type of thing. Like if you are a glass half, half empty kind of guy, uh, if you're a Derek Downer kind of guy, you you uh, basically see that the Rams should have won this game if they played like the team that we know they can be. 
they should have won the Bills game in the grand scheme of things, but they didn't. So it, it, it's that kind of troubling realization that you <laughs> that you have to really also keep in the back of your mind. Obviously, you don't want to focus on it. You don't want to uh, let that sit and, and like focus on that negativity. But it's something to think about heading forward because while this should have been a win, there are going to be other tough uh, opponents, including divisional opponents, uh, heading heading forward. Um, so we'll see. And our next two games, man, are, are still tough opponents. They're, they're beatable opponents for sure. Uh, and we'll get to Chicago later and then uh, uh, Miami, who, who just announced that Tua will be making his first start against us. Is is the following week, so, but but yeah, it's it's a it's a game where we should have won. You know, they got some guys back on defense, uh, but they're still missing Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, and Salman Thomas, who are three major parts of their defense. Uh, three, arguably three of their best players, maybe besides uh, Fred Warner, who really just eviscerated us. Like I'm all front on that defensive side, but yeah, it's just. It's just a throwaway game for the offense, really. You take this game, you throw it out, you, uh, you move on. I, I got to say, though, man, if I could just please request from Sean McVay, just no more fucking screens on on, on third down, please. Like, can, can we just not do that? Can we just remove that from the playbook? Like, does, does it ever work? It, it does, just not very often. Yeah, we got that one like third and thirty three screen where Robert Wood scored a touchdown against the Giants three years ago, and it's like from that point on, let's throw screens all the time on third down. You know, I did appreciate that they took a lot of shots deep, um, maybe by necessity, but it, we we haven't seen him let Goff just rip the ball, and he ripped it a lot in this game, although and not to great success, but I did really like the touchdown pass to Josh Reynolds, uh, not his best throw, but uh, an awesome catch by him. Uh, that was, that was great. A 40 yarder. And, and, uh, his touchdown pass to Woods was a, a dart. Uh, and he had another deep throw to Woods where he actually put it right in the pocket and Woods didn't come up with it. Uh, it was a tough catch, but he could not have made a better throw. So we'll see. Unfortunately, we're going to play probably a better defense than this next week, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's talk about our defense because it's a tale of two halves as always. The first half, we gave up 21 points on defense. In the second half, we give up three. But, man, like, you can't win games when you're doing this. Uh, it's great that Brandon Staley's making these halftime adjustments. Uh, and I feel – I think I saw a stat. I don't, I don't have the exact stat written down, but they are the best – team points wise in the second half in terms of points allowed and they're like 26 in the first half in terms of points allowed so it's great that Staley is making these adjustments so well we're clearly a second half football team but like this game and Buffalo are like proof that yeah it's great if you can adjust uh at halftime and figure out what's going wrong and kind of fix things up but uh, and, and also here, it's a little asterisk too because Raheem Mostert got hurt and he was kind of carving us up in the first half. But you got to be better in the first half. You can't just rely on the second half to win all your games for you, especially in a night where the offense is is off. Like luckily in that Buffalo game, the offense was on point and we were able to come back. This is a night where the offense was not on point and the, the deficit was basically insurmountable <laughs> because the offense wasn't firing and the defense got us in a big hole in the first half. Well, the, the biggest problem that I, I saw defensively was we were not attacking the quarterback at all. And once again, we're seeing Aaron Donald having to do the bulk of the work, and he can't do it up by himself. Yeah, Where and, is- and uh, not to end, just to throw this out because it's relevant, we had we, Jimmy Garoppolo drop back 33 times and was pressured twice. Like, not sacked, not hit pressured 33 dropbacks he had two pressures and like yeah Donald can't do it all by himself you know this was his worst game of the season statistically and I would say passing the eye test you know I'm not gonna sit here and blame him but 
you know, if it's like when he has an off night, nobody else is having an on night. So it's just, yeah, it, it was, it's, it was brutal uh, from the pass rush. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's disappointing because, you know, while Donald didn't have his best performance, clearly it, you, you can't rely completely only on Donald. Where is everybody else? Leonard Floyd continues to overthrow the ball or over. Uh, <laughs> he continues. Um, I'm thinking baseball here. You know, Dodgers are on right now. My it bad. <laughs> it's Dodgers season. Hey, hey, you know, World Series. Go Dodgers. Um, <laughs> uh, who's, by the way, leading seven to one. Go Dodgers. Um, yeah. I'm for it. Yeah. But. um Leonard Floyd tends to uh, over overrun the the line of scrimmage, like to the point where it's like it's unnecessary. Like you're not doing anything unless you have a scrambling quarterback, which is why he was kind of relevant against the um, against the Bills. He he kind of helped us a lot in that game. But when you're going against a stationary quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or a relevant quarterback. Um, <laughs> it kind of makes zero difference if you're going way past the line. Uh, you're, you're just wasting your energy at that point. You got to try and penetrate, and that's just something he is not good at. And I continue to wonder where the hell is anybody else for that matter? I mean, geez, Samson Ibukam. I, I can't even remember the last time I, I you know, watched him and I'm like, you know who, who did very well was Samson Ibukam. <laughs> the Chiefs I, it, game. It the Chiefs game two years ago. He's still living off it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's literally what it's been. And again, not to disrespect the guy, because I do think he's a solid bench player, but that's all he is at this point. And that's not good enough. That's really, really good enough. It, it's come to the point where we've had to rely on uh, Obo Okorankro because he hasn't, um, you know, while he hasn't been the best outside linebacker out there, he's made, whereas Ibukam has kind of declined. And, uh, you know, we can't really put all of our hope in, in, uh, Oh God! I lost my, uh, I lost the the player's name. <laughs> it couldn't uh, have been that significant. Terrell Lewis, maybe Leonard Floyd. Terrell Lewis. There we go. Like I, I had Terrell, but I was gonna say Burgess. I'm like, nope, wrong Terrell. Uh, um, yes, we can't rely on Terrell Lewis yet because Terrell Lewis is a rookie, and the guy didn't have anything his way this off season. He got COVID. He got injured. He didn't have a preseason. It's like, how is the guy supposed to thrive as a rookie when he has all of that going against him? So to expect this guy to come in and dominate right away is just not realistic. So the Rams need a lot of help because oh, going on the IR was probably one of the worst things because, again, once again, we have to find out who's going to step up and now they're relying on Justin Hollins to be the guy. And I just don't think he's a good outside linebacker. Yeah. And, and Oba, Oba was playing yeah. well. So it's a, it's a shame to see him head, head to the IR right now. Um, but the, the good news is we are a Sean Robinson practice this week. If you don't remember, because he never played for us, uh, we signed a Sean Robinson in the off season. Um, he, he his strength is run defense so he's not really going to fix any problems in, in the pass defense but we need help in the rush defense and you're right johnny it's like who's going to answer the bell in from the edge you know leonard floyd like you said he, he's misses up he's at he's at his moments but you know beyond him oba was the best guy and now he's out so you're looking at terrell lewis you're looking at jakai polite uh, Jakai Polite has shown brief flashes, but really hasn't played that much. He played nine snaps in this game as Terrell Lewis. And you're looking at uh, Hollins and Abukam, who, like, I don't have a lot of hope for either of those guys. And you know what the worst part is, Johnny? 
this is not even the, the biggest concern of the defense for me, is, is all we said about this group. Uh, we have bigger problems. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, you know, who... And I, I hope, you know, if, if you follow my work at Ramswire at all, the ramswire.usadata.com, I, I wrote an article for them about how, you know, the, the inside linebackers, they're bad, but it's not their fault because it's it's like, Johnny, and if you've been listening to this podcast long term, we have been talking about this literally for months that they just, they don't have any inside linebackers and you kind of, we kind of anticipate that they wouldn't really use the position much, um, and, and use safeties more often than not at, at the role. But they're playing a lot. Uh, Kenny Young pulls out there a decent amount in this game. You know, I think he played, I don't know, maybe half the snaps. I I can pull up pull up the number while I'm talking here. But you know, you and Micah Kaiser played 100 percent of the snaps. So you have. Like you have these guys, they're playing. You're you're relying on them. Uh, Kenny Young actually only played thirty four percent of the snaps, and I will say this: Kenny Young and Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young in coverage gave up six first downs in twenty five snaps. So basically, every fourth play he was, or every sixth play he was giving up a first down in coverage, and Micah Kaiser gave up three, uh, and it, it's not horrible, Kaiser, but. These guys are like Kaiser is a fine tackler. Like he's a good tackler. I'll give him that. Although he he did get bitched by Moster on a stiff arm in this game. Kenny Young is not good at anything. No dis no disrespect to him. And and Troy Reader coming off a three sack game didn't even play, which says all you need to know about how confident this team is in Troy Reader. He has the best game of his career. And Kenny Young is still taking all the snaps. And this is it. These are our guys. And you look at what this team has done in the past. Okay, it's like dating back years ago. They 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 traded Alec Ogletree. That's fine. You got Mark Barron there. But they didn't replace Ogletree. And I, I think they kind of just lucked out with Corey Littleton. Because maybe they liked him. But there's no way they expected him to be as productive as he was for this team. And then... Yeah, so you got Barron and Littleton. You move on from Barron. You don't replace him. Uh, it's just Littleton back there. You know, Bryce Hager was starting games last year. Uh, and Traven Howard and Troy Reader and Trev Patrick, those guys were playing. But Littleton is getting the bulk of the work. He's playing with safeties a lot. He's And he's good. He he can cover. He could tackle. He, he was, uh, you know, he did everything you'd want from an inside linebacker in this defense. But then he leaves. And again, you just don't replace him. So, like, really... We haven't replaced a linebacker in years. We haven't spent a day one or day two draft pick, I'm 99% sure this is right, on an inside linebacker since Alec Ogletree, who we didn't even draft to play inside linebacker. Uh, and we haven't signed – who have we signed? Akeem Ayers, uh, Rameek Wilson. If you don't know who those guys are, there's good reasons because they didn't accomplish anything for us. And it's just – it's so, it's just frustrating because we have been talking about this since Corey Littleton walked. And you you could have made the money work to keep him if you wanted to. Instead, you sign A'shaun Robinson. You sign Leonard Floyd. You bring back Michael Brockers. That's fine. That's your decision. But to not even address this in the draft, the only player you drafted is uh, – what's his fucking face? He got cut uh, from Baylor. Clay Johnson. Clay, Clay Johnson, yeah. The only guy you drafted in the seventh round. Uh, you took a tight end in the fourth round. You could have taken a shot on anybody there. Instead, you take a fourth-string tight end, literally the deepest unit on the roster. You could have taken one in the second round high. You take a running back and a wide receiver, two positions we didn't need. Those guys aren't playing. Uh, it's just this is what you're stuck with. You're stuck with Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young, and... Uh, Troy Reader, and it's you know I think Kaiser has been okay. Uh, I I don't love him, but he he's the guy that should be playing the role Kenny Young's playing, and somebody else should be playing the role Micah Kaiser's playing because he is not good enough to be playing every single snap. 
he's good enough to be playing on run snaps and making tackles because he has actually been pretty good at it, and I, he's been better than I thought. But he can't cover anyone. Young can't cover anyone. Reader can't cover anyone. And this is what it is, what we have. And I, I, I put my, my article up on Reddit, and somebody goes, you're discounting the cre- the fact that you know they were going to rely on Traven Howard this year, who got injured in the preseason. Like He was pretty good in pass coverage. But let's be honest, Johnny. If Traven Howard getting injured is why we have this problem, then it's a pretty big fucking problem that that is what we were relying on. You know who the Rams could have used as of now? Who's that? Clay Johnston. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, man. They they could use Clay Johnston or hell going back uh back to the 2019 draft, they could have used Dakota Allen. Yeah, yeah you remember those yeah. guys? <laughs> if you're a long-time listener, you know how we felt about Dakota Allen. You know, I'm not saying Johnston or Dakota Allen are, is the save-all, end-all. They're not. But they, but I think, Johnny, the fact that, like, you could bring up those names and I can't immediately shut down that those players would be worse than what we have is a massive problem. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I, I, I don't – I'm not a coach. I'm not an NFL head coach. Uh, if, if I was, I'd be paid a lot more than I am. Uh, but if, but based on what I'm seeing here, two have got to be a better option than Kenny Young. Kenny, I said this last week that if, if, uh, if we had anybody else, I would say cut Kenny Young because he can't cover his tackling skills suck. He has no nose for the football. It's it's awful to say it like that because, again, if we're going to put it into perspective, he's much better than the average uh, person could ever do. But better than ninety nine, better than ninety nine percent of players who have ever played football. I, again, I, I I don't like shitting on these guys because they're people, but he's already like if, if he gets cut tomorrow and never plays in the NFL, I would say his football career is a unanimous success like unbelievable success but yes as an nfl quality linebacker he sucks yes that is an understatement and again i have to question why cut clay johnston if we have such a need there only having three linebackers on the active roster is is mind-boggling you know and and again it's nothing to do with with uh, three inside linebackers, because when I, I remember thinking when this roster was unveiled that okay, okay, three inside linebackers. So basically, what they're gonna do is they're gonna have um, basically use a safety as that hybrid safety role, so that they don't need two inside linebackers in the game. Well, as you see, Kenny Young is still getting quality playing time in there. It may not be all game long, but it's still more than you got to have more depth there. You know, it's frustrating seeing that. And I don't know, maybe there's a bigger plan. Uh, I know there has been some injuries to guys like Micah Kaiser to Jordan Fuller at safety, which has kind of altered things a little bit. Yeah, all but in the end, it, it's still such. Oh yeah, but but still, it, it, it's the pl- the the lack of planning ahead of time that's kind of frustrating. I know they didn't have the biggest salary cap in the world, but you, you got to know that this was going to be an issue at some point if there was an injury, and there already is injury. So yeah, uh, I, I just don't understand the thought the thought process there. Yeah, and luckily, you know, with with uh, with Jordan Fuller, who and look like a a perfect example of trying, just trying to add, add players like Jordan Fuller, a six round pick. I, you could you could make the case that he's the best safety in the defense, and that includes John Johnson right now. Uh, he's injured, but we got this guy in the sixth round. We took a shot at him. 
Uh, and the same thing, you could say the same thing about Kaiser, you know, fifth-round pick. But to not take a, like, if you're not going to take an inside linebacker in the second round, okay. In the third round, uh, you draft Terrell Burgess and Terrell Lewis. Players, positions of need. So, sure. But, like, I know fourth-round picks don't always pan out, but did we really need to take a tight end there? Like, let's say Gerald Everett walks at the end of the year. Do we like? Do we need Bryson Hopkins on this roster? Can we not just take a tight end next year? Because Tyler Higby's still there. Like, it's just, it's just they didn't even try, man. Like, they didn't even try to fill this position, uh, and they just went with what they had. And it's just not. And as we saw last year, you know, with the offensive line, they they didn't try to replace uh, Roger Saffold or or John Sullivan, which is fine, but like. You're, you're betting on mid-round picks, and you know Joe, Joe Nopum did earn his starting spot back this year. He's looked all right over the two years. Uh, Brian Allen obviously didn't work out, and those are mid-round picks, let alone what we're talking about right now, which is like, uh, I'm pretty sure Troy Reader was undrafted. Micah Kaiser was a fifth-round pick, and Kenny Young, I, don't, I, I think he was like a fourth or fifth-round pick that the Ravens gave up on very quickly and shipped him off to us. So it's just, man, it's just frustrating in this. Like, unless we add somebody, this problem is not going to be fixed. Uh, we mentioned before the game about the 49ers, like, we should be able to contain this offense, but they have a really good tight end and a really good, really good might be an overstatement, but I think Raheem Mostert's very capable at running the ball. Those are real players. We haven't played against real players in a while. You know, these are positions that linebackers handle a lot. And Kittle ripped us. Moster ripped us. If we didn't, if if he doesn't get injured, who knows if the adjustments um, that Staley made at halftime would have actually worked? Because you know he was running all over us. And next next week we've got the Bears. David Montgomery and Jimmy Graham are not George Kittle and Raheem Moster. So you know if those guys rip us. It's it, it sound it sound the alarms even harder than you're sounding them right now, man. Okay, so about Raheem Mostert, I mean, I, I feel like he's an underrated running back. I agree. One thing, uh, one thing I will give Micah uh, Kaiser credit for, I, I at least I, if I recall correctly, um, I think the play you were talking about where he basically gave him like the big ass stiff arm. Yeah, he he got him. He face masked him for sure. He totally face masked <laughs> him. I was like, how the hell was that not a penalty? You know, he he literally just dragged his ass to the floor with his face mask and how that wasn't a call. I'm not entirely sure, but um <laughs> besides the point, uh, you know, I I'll give Micah Kaiser credit there. Even though it looked bad, it it wasn't completely his fault there. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. And, and and like I said, he's been all right in in run defense. And if um if if Ashawn Robinson can really help improve that front four and and rush defense, then I, yeah, I think I think Kaiser will be good in that regard. But you know, he's not a guy that should ever be on the field in pass coverage, and he's playing a hundred percent of the snaps, so he's going to be out there in pass coverage, and he's going to get beat because. Uh, like, like he's the guy that should be the secondary linebacker playing next to a Corey Littleton type player uh, who comes off the field in serious passing situations because he can't cover anybody. Um, but yeah, and, and coverage wise in the secondary, uh, Ramsey's been great. Ramsey's been everything we paid for. I think John Johnson had a good game here. I, you know, I I feel like I Taylor Rapp played better. Uh, I didn't really notice him as much, which like is probably a good thing in coverage, but. Uh, Trey Hill's been bad this year. Uh, he has not been very good. Yeah, he hasn't been the same Troy Hill that we recall. In his defense, though, I feel like he's kind of playing out of position a little bit in favor of uh, Derek. Yeah. Um, mainly be- because we don't have a nickel corner. So I will kind of give him the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, but that's going to be a big decision because if I'm not mistaken, oh, his contract is also up this year, I believe. Yeah, this year or next year. Um, I, I, I mean, unless they can get him, I'm looking up. Apologies for the typing. Uh, I unless they can get him for basically free again. 
you know, I, I don't I don't think this is really a world where he comes back. Yeah, he's a free agent next year, unrestricted. So I I don't know. I don't think he'll be a priority. I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if he's here next year. You got Darius Williams. Uh, Long is still there. Doesn't play. Maybe they address it in the draft. I don't know. I, I'd be kind of surprised unless he's literally going to get the same two million dollar contract he just got. Yeah, that's not happening. There are going to be teams overpaying for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, in 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 another world, it could have been us. You remember remember the Cody Sensible contract? Oh God, no, <laughs> no. For- don't bring that up anymore. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like the and and the good thing for the Rams is they we beyond Dallas uh, and I guess Buffalo we haven't really played against deep receiving cores yet. Although although the 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 Niners receiving core is okay, but you know Debo had his best game of the year. Small sample size, but still. So we'll see. Cowboys. What'd you say? Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I said I said. Maybe I said a different team by accident, but I, if I didn't say Cowboys, I meant them. Uh, and, and look, man, Dallas, uh, before Dak got hurt, that offense was cooking. So holding them yep. to 17 points is, is a big accomplishment. And, you know, they clearly suck, but uh, for, <laughs> like they're clearly not a good team yet. But for us to hold them to 17 points with Dak, uh, that's a quality win in my book. I think we won't really see the secondary truly get tested until the Seahawks game. Uh, and then you got Seahawks and Tampa Bay back to back, two of the best receiving cores in the NFL. So that's really when we're going to see like what this group has. Hopefully, Jordan Fuller uh, will be back. I believe he's eligible to come back from the uh, the IR after the bye week. Because, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, when Fuller comes back and when uh, Ashawn Robinson comes in. I, I I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to seeing Ashawn Robinson on this team just because there was just so much hype around the guy and you know for us not to actually use him at all it, it just it hurts a little bit um but we'll we'll need him because I feel like there are a lot of great uh running backs coming our way and we'll for surely need them because they'll, they'll need as much help with the run defense as we can possibly get yeah, I mean, shit, man. The Seahawks obviously have Carson, and and the Bucks, man. Ronald Jones is killing it. He looks legit. Yeah, he he certainly does, and he's he's one guy that I always kind of joked about. And um, <laughs> the the funny thing is, I, I was thinking, man, the Bucks are are going to be legit with uh, Leonard Fournette, and Fournette has been kind of the afterthought. Yep, he he's been hurt, but uh, I think Jones pulled away with that job while he's been hurt. Uh, you, you can't not give this guy the ball the way he's running. I'm sure Fournette will factor in though a little bit, but uh, not that I want to spend a, much time on this at all. But, but <laughs> before the season, when we were talking about like players that may or may not be legit, we had opposite takes on Kenyon Drake. I was a believer; you were not, and I was clearly wrong there. Very yeah, clearly wrong. I told a couple of my friends about Drake, and uh, you know, many of my friends were were thinking that uh, I'm just you know a biased Rams fan. And while sure, yes, I am a Rams fan, but I'm also a realist to an extent. And I just never saw the potential that everybody did in Drake. And to his credit, he's had okay games, just not the big blowout type performances that we were expect or that many people were expecting from Drake. Well, he had one last night, but it was, it was a very hollow statistic game. He scored a 70 yard touchdown when they're running the clock out. <laughs> Lost a lot of people fantasy games that run. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it did. All right, before we talk a little Bears, we got to talk about the special teams, man. Um, <laughs> but so before we even get to the kickers, Johnny, why the fuck has Cooper Cup still returning punts? In uh, a simple Webster started the game returning punts, and then Cooper Cup trotted out on the field later in the game. It's like he's bad at it. 
and you're just putting him in an unnecessary situation to risk getting injured. Like, there, there's no positive to him returning punts. They tried the experiment. It failed. Like, like, like what, the fuck are we, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we still doing this? I, I'm just wondering where the hell Raymond Calais is. Inactive. Like, he's inactive. Uh, and, you know, at first I was wondering, well, maybe he's hurt, but I don't think he's hurt at all. I think it has everything to do with just them not wanting to activate him. Like, uh, this, this is think... like a, a I'm, I'm, Jeff Fisher would be like too high, I, too good of a coach to say this. This is like a Steve Spagnolo era decision to be putting this guy back at punt returner, man. Yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, Cooper Cup is a very talented receiver, but that's it. He's a receiver, not not a punt returner. I'm not even a big Nasimba Webster fan, but at this point, I will definitely take Nasimba Webster over Cooper Cup and bring my boy Calais. I, I think this guy has a lot of potential. And they they stole him from the Bucks roster for a reason. Use the guy. He's there. He has all the speed in the world. Maybe he's not impressing in practice, but he's got to be better than Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, man. I it's and well, December Webster is better than Cooper Cup at this. Like, and he's active, and he was returning punts. And then at one point, they're like, "Nope." Like, like, and, and I, I think I said this on a previous show. Like, if you're gonna put a guy so valuable to your offense that back deep, you know. They have to be producing it like Tyreek Hill, Deshaun Jackson levels of punt returning. And Cooper Cup is one of the worst punt returners in the league. So there's just, there's just no there's no upside. I think Cam DeSilva said on Twitter, it's a high-risk, low-reward uh, situation. And those are what any person in any field should be actively trying to avoid. There's no question. He, he's absolutely correct. It, it is... There's literally nothing you could possibly gain out of this other than a, uh, you know, a turnover or B, potentially hurting Cooper Cup. And let's face it, I'd rather have Cooper Cup healthy as a receiver than hurting him as a as a second grade uh, punt returner. You know, it, it just it, I don't know. It baffles me. Like, why is this going on? I'm sure there's a reason. It's just. At least I hope there's a reason, just we don't understand. Uh, but I, I'd like to know what that reason is, because as you mentioned, the simple Webster was returning punts. Yeah, and it's like, look, these people are obviously smarter football minds than all of us. But sometimes smart people do stupid shit. And this is stupid. Uh, I think it's like... Like, it's like a fact that this is a dumb decision to me. And I would never say that about, like, even, like, the most questionable and suspect thing coaches do. Like, beyond that one time when the Colts, the cup, what the hell, the Colts uh, ran, like, the worst fake punt in history. That's, like, the only time I ever watched a play and could not see, like, a single positive to it. And Cooper Cup is now the next thing. Like, it's just wild. Um, You know, he's... Sam Sloman's doing bad, and people are calling for his job, right? Rightfully, uh, Cooper Cup's doing bad, and like they don't. The thing about him is like he's not going to lose his job if he loses this part of his job. So I just, I just don't get it why, why it's still happening. Um, yeah, it, it's a mystery, but yeah, go ahead. Steve. Yeah, the the other I mentioned Sam Sloman. The Rams did sign journeyman kicker Kai Forbath today. I think it was today or yesterday. I don't know. The week's blending in. But uh, he's been around the block. He was with McVay in Washington. Decent kicker. You know, he's fine. Uh, But they didn't cut Sloman. So he's still here. So we have two kickers on the roster now. I I wonder, like, what's what's maybe, like, what's the timeline for when they're going to decide what they want to do with these kickers? Because they obviously, you know, you can't keep two kickers around. Maybe they give Sloman another week, and if he's bad, they cut him. Uh, or they just take it into the bye week and figure it out because that only be two games. Well, they um, technically they can just keep two kickers on the roster uh, because they designated uh, 
um, Obo Karanko to the IR list. So they opened a spot up for for Kai Forbath. Yeah, so, yes, Johnny. But we just spent seven minutes talking about how they won't even take shots at inside linebackers. We cannot justify keeping two kickers on the roster long term. Oh, uh, long term, <laughs> No, yeah. or even uh, like two weeks. Honestly, like I think if it, up, I guess the bye week is really the only like weight you can justify. I mean, I'd be okay with sending Sam Sloman to the practice squad. Uh, I I highly doubt there'd be a team out there that'd be like, "Oh, Sam Sloman's available. I'm going to go grab him." Yeah, but and, and I even. I, I think you're right. But even, like, if somebody does go poach him, like, how, how many kickers get drafted off of potential? You know, you – even, like, Greg Zerline – well, no, Greg Zerline is rookie. He made, like, a shitload of field goals in a row, and then uh, he got called a sophomore. You know, you kind of know if kickers are going to be good or not. And they clearly don't trust Sloman. You know, they're not really giving him shots to take deeper field goals. And I, I think the knock on Kai Forbath would be he's his leg strength is not, like, incredible. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I think I think if, if Sloman has a bad game in these next two weeks, he's, he's done for sure. And if, if he performs well, maybe this lights a fire up his ass. Maybe he, he develops and plays really well. Then, you know, I suppose maybe they keep him around and get rid of Forbath. It, it's not really a risk here. You know, especially if you aren't planning on signing anyone with that roster spot, uh, you might as well figure it out. Well, I, I have to say I I am interested because I, I feel like I never quite understood why Forbath was a journeyman to begin with. He, he may not be an elite kick kicker by any means, but I felt like he did a solid job when he was with Dallas last year. And uh, I guess they ended up with Greg Zerloin. But honestly, if I was Dallas, I'd be okay with Kai Forbath also. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he, he's fine. Although uh, Greg Zerloin has been bad this year too. But we don't we don't need to throw shade on our boy. Uh, it, it's funny, like... Uh, like, like, I mentioned this to Cam, I was like, it's, it'd be really nice if we had John Fossil because, like, I don't think any of this shit would be happening. And he was like, the Cowboys special teams has been awful. But from what it seems like down there, their whole coaching staff is horrible. Uh, which, who would have thought Mike McCarthy bad? Yeah, I mean, that there, there was a few reports saying that there was a anonymous Dallas player that has basically said that the coaching staff is just awful they're not prepared they're not actually teaching and to already have that you know distrust in such a short amount of time that's not looking good for the for the cowboys no no it's not and uh you know it's funny like when Dak Dak got injured and everyone was thinking he's gonna lose millions of dollars after this week man he's not losing shit uh, he he clearly was carrying that offense. Yeah, no no question. I I just uh, for his sake, I don't know. I I might rethink going back to Dallas just because of how long it's taken to actually pay them. Yep. Yeah, man. We'll see. Somebody could use him. Uh, I I mean, if Goff was in a contract year, shit, I would say let's go get him. But uh, he's we, we're with our guy. Uh, who I'm happy with, for the most part. Let's talk about the Bears. Week, what is it, what are we, week seven now? Hey, that's, that's an accomplishment. We made it to week seven and the season's still on. That is an accomplishment. All that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. No no games moved last week, which is uh, hasn't been the case for the last couple weeks. So maybe we're, we're turning the corner with this whole thing, uh, at least in regards to the NFL. Beyond that, we are not turning a corner. <laughs> um, so the Bears five and one. Like first of all, what? Like uh, you know, so so I watched. Uh, I've been making it my ritual to watch the the condensed games of the team's previous games and uh, Bears Panthers. I, like I really don't have a lot of takeaways. Like their offense is all right. 
you know, Nick Foles is that quarterback, and he's about as you'd expect. Uh, I actually think David Montgomery is better than people give him credit for, but his numbers aren't great. Uh, I mean, the receiving core, they have Allen Robinson, who's great. Uh, I think one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. And beyond him, they have nothing. Anthony Miller's not good. Uh, guys who I've never heard of were catching a lot of passes. Uh, they got Jimmy Graham at tight end, who's, you know, he, he can still go. He can still play. He's not Jimmy Graham of old, but he's all right. Their defense is obviously really good, but statistically, you know, numbers-wise, they're ranked around like 11 and 12-ish range in most categories. We're ranked ahead of them in every defensive category. Uh, they And, like, I, we, I don't even know if I'd say they've had a tougher schedule. They played the Lions, Giants, Falcons, Colts, Bucks, and Panthers. So maybe a little better, but probably in the same range schedule-wise as us. Uh, their lone losses to the Colts. They had a big win against Tampa Bay. Uh, they took they took care of business. You know, I watching the game, I felt like they were in control for that whole game against the Panthers. Uh, Panthers have a decent offense. They they kind of handled them pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I I think their their secondary is beatable, given what we have. Uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson uh, we're get, we're getting open a lot in that game. But man, it's a team. You know. They keep winning. They're a decent team. And this is a game where, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I think we said, are we worried about the Bears? And we said no. And, you know, we're, we're the favorite in this game. I think we should be. But after last week, nobody should be saying, yeah, I'm not worried about the Bears. Because, like, we should absolutely be worried about this game. We should take it seriously. They have a better record than us. Uh, luckily, we're at home. But this should be a, a, a tough game. Yeah, the as far as the Bears are concerned, it, it I mean on paper it, it's a very very tough game because hey they're they're obviously having some kind of success right you don't have that kind of record without you know doing well in some form or another but I think one of the reasons why you and I haven't been that concerned about the Bears is pretty much because they've haven't really dominated. You know, um, a, a lot of their wins have been, you know, they kind of scraped by. There really wasn't that performance like saying, damn, this is a really good team. You know, when when you look at teams like the Buffalo Bills, for example, you've seen games where you're like, damn, this is a really good team. And that's why when we lost to the Bills, it wasn't that big a deal. When we lost to the 49ers. <laughs> we didn't have that same feeling. So mm -hmm. it, it's going to be interesting because the, the bears, while they may not be, um, they may not be the team that, you know, the record shows they are, there's still a, a team to be reckoned with. No, no matter what, what you way you look at it, it's going to be, it's all going to be depends on what Rams team shows up. Can the defense show up in the first half? You know, if defense shows up first half, I think the Rams win this no problem. But if they continue this, oh, I'm going to show up in the second half only, then this might be a long game. Yeah, you never know, though, man, because uh, I know this is a way worse football team, but defense showed up for four quarters against the Giants, and we're going by yeah, eight. But that is a way worse football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know we play like that against the Bears. The defense was lights out, but the offense couldn't couldn't do anything. And uh, I I think if you know the Bears' offense, it shouldn't really scare anyone. Uh, statistically, they are bottom five in yards and rushing yards, uh, and I think they're the six worst, six lowest points per game. So it, it's it's they're five and one yeah but they're a very beatable team but you know teams that you know I I'm not a big Lions guy but like the Lions the Bucks the Panthers those are all teams that could beat the Bears in theory and, and they all lost in close games uh, they they keep pulling out victories they yeah their their biggest margin of victory all season was the seven points that won by this week uh, they won their first three games by four points and they beat the Bucks by one but they're winning man. 
So, you know, if push comes to shove, if it's, if it's a close game, which I, I think it might be, uh, the offense cannot be playing like they did last week and like they did against the Giants. I mean, you know, that's two out of the last three weeks, the offense has not been good. And the one week they were good was in a game where uh, the defense was just obliterating Washington. You know, there was no there was no world where we lose that game. If, if the offense, like, I don't know, the offense would have had to be taking a knee practically every play for us to lose that game. Uh, but... We'll see. We we need we need to come out like we did against you know, the Eagles, like we did against the Cowboys, like we did against Washington, and not like these other games. Uh, and be, you know, it's it's like if we do get into a little hole in the in the first half, like even if our offense does play well and it is good enough to be getting us back into the game, this is the best defense we've played all year, probably. And I don't think they're going to be able to do what they did against Buffalo to this to this. Uh, Defense. Now, on the flip side, if you if you've been with the Rams since before they came to Los Angeles, you know who Nick Foles is. You know he could throw you into a game just as quickly as he could throw you out. So that you know that turnover potential is also there with a guy as inconsistent as he is. You know, if he was more consistent, he wouldn't have been a backup last year, uh, and and he certainly wouldn't have been on the sidelines watching Mitch Trubisky go 3-0 and at this year. So I don't know. I mean, prediction-wise, I, I think the Rams win this game 21-17. to I don't know, 17? I think it'll be close. Uh, but I, I this is a game where we should win. We're favored by 5.5, which is a nuts line. Uh, that really surprised me that we're favored by 5.5. But, I mean, if I had to bet on this game, which I wouldn't, I... I I don't know if I picked the Rams to cover, but I certainly picked them to win. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely picking the Rams to win this game too. I think that while they had a very disappointing game against the 49ers, one thing I do know is the team was not happy at all, uh including Aaron Donald. I think we see a very pissed off Aaron Donald and uh quite frankly good luck to uh Nick Foles because one of the things that was brought to Aaron Donald's attention is that he's never sacked Nick Foles. So uh, I bet Foles is kind of wishing that wasn't brought to his attention. <laughs> that, is, that is wild. That's a, that's a crazy stat. We played, against, yeah, we played I mean, against him a lot. I guess he was on yeah. our team for a year, though. True that. Um, but... Yeah, that is entirely true. He has never sacked Nick Foles. Hmm. Well, hopefully we get it. I mean, like, like I would not say that this week in in the Miami game, which to be honest, probably got easier with Tua taking over, even though we both like him. Like, I wouldn't say they're must wins, but we got to at least split. And ideally, we'd want to win both these games because the schedule is going to get tougher. We come out of the bye week, and you know, you look at the NFC standings. Luckily, it's seven teams in the playoffs this year, which, you know, last year we would have made it, but right now the teams ahead of us, Seattle, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Arizona, and the winner of the NFC East, which is going to get a playoff spot, which is another fucking story. But we're, we got those teams behind us. We're in the seventh seed. Luckily, we're going to get play Arizona a couple times, so that'll help, you know, shift the, the tiebreakers and all that. But, you know, even creeping behind us, you got the Saints... And you got the Panthers. Those are good. Those are teams that, and the 49ers. Uh, those those are teams that are going to be in the mix for those wild card spots. So a, a win here would be huge. Uh, the Bears are potentially a team we could be competing with for that for those wild card spots because uh, they're in first in the division right now. But Green Bay is right there and is probably the better team. So I, 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 this is a game that's much more important than the Dolphins game because it'll affect directly the wild card standings and the tiebreakers and all that if we could get this win it'll be huge because i you never know i think we will need that win against the bears we might be tied with them for the seventh seed uh when it all comes to it yeah at this point considering all the really good teams you've mentioned behind us in the wild card spot the rams can't afford to lose games like this anymore 
You know, losing to the Bills was heartbreaking, but understandable. Losing to Frisco, not so much. And we came across this last season where the Rams should have won games and it came back to bite them and they didn't even make up uh make the playoffs. Yep. So it's got it's gotta stop here. You know, they gotta they gotta end up winning the the Bears, which, you know, it, it they're a tough team. They have a good record, so um but they're still a very beatable team. Likewise to uh the Miami Dolphins, who uh man, tough break to Tua too. How how do you like being your debut start against Aaron Donald? <laughs> yeah, man, it's tough, but hey, uh you know, if they get the team we, that we look like this week, it's the worst pass rush in the NFL. So, yeah, you never know. I, I, To me, it, it feels like the plan all along was probably just to play him after the bye. And, yeah, Fitzpatrick's playing well. Yeah, the Dolphins are looking good. But, like, really, what are you playing for? To, to make the wild card? Uh, you know, if you keep Fitzpatrick all year, you're taking development time away from Tua. Uh, in reality, if Tua is the player you think he's going to be, how much worse should he be than Ryan Fitzpatrick? I I, I get the move, uh, and if they if they wanted to start him this year, this is probably the time to do. It. Even though it's a tough matchup to debut, uh, it's kind of funny because Jared Goff debuted against the Dolphins, right? Did he? I think that was his first start. He might have. Yeah, um, now think about it. Look it up. But uh, yeah, we're coming. We're coming full circle now. But yeah, I, I, I to me, I, I, I get it. I, whether it's not the right call, the right or wrong call is not me to say. But like, you shouldn't be playing Fitzpatrick just because you're making a push to make the wild card spot this year. It's that's not how you build a long term franchise. And because like what are the fucking odds they make the Super Bowl to make the playoffs you know like are they really going to walk into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs with Ryan Fitzpatrick probably not so like what are you playing for that's true but I also didn't think that the Raiders would beat the Chiefs <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a fair rebuttal yep he, uh, November 11 November 20th 2016 uh, he debuted against the Dolphins in a 14-10 loss. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that year. Did not win a game all season. Uh, did not score over 21 points in a game all season when he was the starter. That was that was a fun season. Yeah, see, Steve, these are times I'd like to forget. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't be bringing this up. In uh, one of our more negative podcasts, <laughs> pretty much not. Yeah, I, I, and for anyone still listening to us right now, thank you for doing the sixty minutes with us. I mean, if you if you've listened for a while, which I'm imagining you have, if you're still listening, like we clearly both love the Rams. We're clearly both pretty high on them this year. But uh, truthfully, with for me, I feel like I'm a better podcaster when I'm being negative. I, as much as I hate to say it. A uh, better writer for sure. So I don't know. I, I think we win this week and we get back on track. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not going to change my mind. I I just not uh, big on the Bears. I I think they're gonna. This is gonna be like a, a start to their downfall. Um, I, I don't know their schedule offhand, but I imagine it's not going to get any easier for them. Yeah, I, I was just looking at it. It's uh, I could redo the teams: Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Texans, Vikings, Ooh. Jaguars, Packers. So it's not because they get the NFC or the AFC South. So you know the stretch of us, Saints, and Titans is obviously tough. But they get the Packers twice, and they get the Texans, and they get the Jags, and they get the Lions again. All very winnable games. So. Uh, for them to like get that one against the Bucks is going to be huge because you know even if they drop the next three games, like like literally we say hypothetically they drop the next three games and they get swept by the Packers, uh, if they take care of business against those other crappy teams they go ten and six so it's uh, they're in good shape right now I would say you know they might lose to the Vikings or the Lions because divisional games are tough the, the Texans are playing better right now so that could be a loss uh, I don't know. 
it, it, they'll be interesting to watch. You know, if if they, which it's crazy to say, you know, if they beat us or the Saints in these next two weeks, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it just feels like they're on that trajectory because those are two, you know, like we mentioned for us, this would be a huge win for the wildcard standings. If they beat us and the Saints, those are two teams that are going to be competing for those spots and they're going to have tiebreakers over two teams. Yeah, for sure. That I, I think, I think uh, if, if they win, especially decisively, this could be a very real team. And you and I just have been proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I, I mean, I mean, I, they're not bad at all. They're. I think they're a good team. It's just how good. We we don't know. They haven't like looked convincingly good in any of these games, but they're winning, and that's half the battle. That, that's the whole battle. What do I mean, half the battle? <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. This is a Monday night game, man. So uh, first Monday night game of the year for the Rams. So we will talk to you after this, I suppose. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Ribeiro at johnny 506 and at TalkRams. And we'll talk to you next week. I went in there. I about threw up. I have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.